The Devils have been having a good offensive showing in their last few games. However, will it translate to our next one against the Pittsburgh Penguins? Also, let's give credit when credit is due. Let's acknowledge some of the unsung heroes for not only this season, but just our past few games in general. We have a lot to discuss in this Saturday episode. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to Locked On Devils Podcast on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And I am still on my winning high as the New Jersey Devils were able to net 14 goals in their past two games. Currently on a two-game win streak, they have to face the Pittsburgh Penguins when this episode goes live tomorrow. Not really looking forward to that game because we're still shorthanded and we're going up against a very good team. I expected that kind of outing against the Montreal Canadiens. And then uh, when we went against the St. Louis Blues, I was expecting a win because they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack kind of team. And I thought maybe the Devils could nudge one out. And boy, did they nudge one out. Wasn't the prettiest of games, but we got the job done. And it did uh, show a reflection of what our team is capable of doing when we uh, put all our chips together. So overall, it was a good showing for a lot of people, including Mikey McLeod. It was a good showing for P.K. Subban. Heizer, Sharon Govich, they were all able to contribute somehow, some way to the 7-4 victory. Obviously, with the New Jersey Devils netting 14 goals, you expect a lot of contribution from a lot of different players. Obviously, there's teams out there in the NHL. They achieve that quite frequently. But for a team like the Devils, we don't get that every day. In fact, there was a, a, a recent stretch of games where we were just struggling to put anything on the board. And the fact that we were able to get that kind of production from a lot of people, it is a, a big wake-up call. And it does raise the question, what is the state of our team? Like, where do we go from here? Obviously, we're still shorthanded. We're missing Jack Hughes. We're missing Dougie Hamilton. We're missing Mackenzie Black. Blackwood, my buddies at Locked On Blues were pretty salty considering the fact that the uh, Devils were able to put up a touchdown and a field goal against them despite missing three of our key players and uh, the fact that John Gillies, a former Blues uh, player, was able to just put up a decent outing. Uh, You know, it wasn't perfect a game, but at the same time, a win is a win. So, uh, here, here's the thing, guys. You you might recognize this name. Gianni, he used to cover the New Jersey Devils. He currently uh, works for MLB3D. You might recognize his Twitter name, at Gianni NJD. He said, as we near the NHL trade deadline next month, conversations about P.K. Subban's future in New Jersey will be the biggest talk. He said, my personal opinion, if the return of Subban is not great, New Jersey shouldn't trade him. I would be open to a cheaper return next season. He's a great leader. So here's the thing, guys. And Alex Javonsi actually wrote about this in a recent article for the hockey writers he said that pk suban did have a great night in the last showing against the st louis blues and i've been telling you guys this for the past few months i don't think we should uh you know close the door completely on pk suban i think we should continue to just retain him next year for a much cheaper deal because he is a great leader he is not the norris trophy that he uh once was but obviously you guys he's a former norris trophy winner i will take that on to my team like a bottom four defenseman who has experience winning the Norris Trophy. He has uh, Stanley Cup Finals experience. 
I will take that any day of the week just because, like, look, I get the production is not there, but he's improving. That's the one thing you could say about P.K. Subban. He's actually been putting up some decent offensive numbers for the New Jersey Devils. Like, like I said, it's a far cry from what he was once capable of doing, but, you know, at least we're seeing that improvement. So for P.K. Subban this season, look, I get he's a defenseman, but his job is to just basically hold down the um, the fourth defense on the defensive end for the New Jersey Devils. But in 45 game appearances this season, he has three goals, 14 assists, for a grand total of 17 points and a plus minus of negative three. So when looking at his previous years for the New Jersey Devils, in 44 game appearances, he had five goals, 14 assists for a grand total of 19 points. And then his first season with the New Jersey Devils, he had 68 game appearances. He had seven goals, 11 assists for a grand total of 18 points and a plus minus of negative 21. So you see the improvement from P.K. Subban from negative 21, negative 16, negative three. Look, I get it. It's it's very small. It's very minuscule. You know, he's not going to put up the 60 point season that he once had uh, back in 2015. But at the same time, you know, that that kind of production for the New Jersey Devils, what we need right now is pretty solid. So I'm not really going to fault him for that. So like I said, maybe keeping P.K. Subban around the rock isn't such a bad idea, just on a much cheaper deal. That's what I've been talking about the last few months. So like, should we trade P.K. Subban? Sure. If we can put out uh, a, a couple feelers, maybe get a good return package. I'm not uh, closed off to dealing PK Subban, but I don't think we should be in any rush. And plus, at the end of the day, I think we would have to pay for half of his salary if we were to hypothetically trade him. So after this game, I think this was sort of a wake-up call to some Devils fans just saying like, look, PK Subban still has it and he's still producing offensively for the Devils. It's just that we don't really see it too often. He's overshadowed by Ryan Graves. He's overshadowed by Dougie Hamilton. He's even overshadowed by Jonas Siegenthaler during uh, a few courses of games. So P.K. Subban and his overall production should not be forgotten for the New Jersey Devils organization. And then when looking at Sharon Govich, like I told you guys, Sharon Govich is probably my favorite player on the team just because I love his story. I love his come up. I love what he's been able to do. Uh, once again, Gianni at uh, Gianni NJD uh, once tweeted out, he said, after starting the season with four goals, nine assists for in 26 game appearances, uh, Sharon Govich has five goals, 12 points in his last 16 games. It was a slow and difficult start for Sharon Govich, no doubt, but he started to pick it up uh, his offense of late. He's only in his second season. So like I told you guys, with Sharon Govich, at, at some points we had to make him a healthy scratch. And I even said it at the beginning of the year. I said, if Sharon Govich does not step up his game, he's going to be a healthy scratch for Lindy Ruff. And lo and behold, I was correct. So I, let, let me read that again. In his first 26 game appearances to start the season, Sharon Govich put up four goals for a grand total of nine points. And like I said, we were all frustrated with his production. It was a far cry from what he was able to do last season because Sharon Govich was able to make somewhat of an impact in his second game when he got the game-winning goal against the Boston Bruins. And then more recently, in 16 game appearances, he has five goals and 12 points. So like I said, Sharon Govich, he's starting to pick it up. I remember talking about it during uh, New Year's. I said, look, there's still plenty of season left, and Sharon Govich is not really far off the mark that we're making it out to be. It's just like, you know, we expect a lot more from the kid. And like Gianni said, he's only in his second year so I think the key for us and Sharon Govich and the Devils have been testing it all season but we have to be patient with someone like uh, Sharon Govich and his overall production but I believe he could still be a key factor moving forward for the New Jersey Devils because like I said I anticipated a big year from him um, and so far this season he's put up you know eh, it's not the production we're expecting so 42 game appearances 9 goals 12 assists for a grand total of 21 points and a plus minus of negative 6 if 
if we're looking at his production from last year, um, 54 game appearances. He has 16 goals, 14 assists for a grand total of 30 points. So like I said, guys, if, if he picks it up during these next 12 games or so, and if he's able to put up a point or two in most of those game appearances, he's still on track to do what uh, he did last season. And yet we didn't have a problem with that. I think it was just that we were surprised from, from Sharon Govich and we didn't expect that kind of production. But uh, here's someone we also didn't expect that kind of production from, and that is Jesper Boquist. So I've been saying it in the past few episodes, and I just said, like, look, I don't expect much from Boquist because he had four points in his first 16 games. And I was just like, okay, I don't think Boquist is the right answer for the Devils. I think he takes up a roster spot. I don't think we should even send him down. I think we should just flat out wave him or try to trade him because I just think he's eating up space on the Devils roster. But Boquist has six points in his last six games, and he he really looks like an all-around different player. And uh, even Gianni tweeted this out saying that it looks like that uh, Boquist has regained his confidence. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very impressive to see what Boquist is doing for the Devils so far. He's definitely been a surprising player. If the season were to end today and I'm having a discussion with another uh, Devils news personality, I would probably say my biggest surprise was Jesper Boquist because I said maybe it's time to release him. Maybe it's time to move on from him. I think he's taking up a roster space, but uh, 22 game appearances, he has 10 points, plus minus negative five. But like I said, we were expecting little to nothing from Boquist. Four goals and six assists. So, Overall, guys, like, look, I get the Devils have been struggling, and I get that, you know, this two-game win streak is minuscule, and it won't last, in my opinion. I think we're, we're going to have our butts handed to us against the uh, Penguins and also the Lightning, but uh, at the end of the day, it's nice to be on this winning high just a little bit, but at the same time, guys, look, I get it. The Devils have been struggling the last few weeks, and that's putting it nicely, but at the same time, we do have a lot of key pieces to look at, and I think the Devils have made some significant uh, improvement in terms of just showing what they're capable of doing. So, you know, I get we're frustrated. I get we expected more from them. And I get that it's frustrating having to deal with injuries to like Dougie Hamilton, Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, Jack Hughes going on to the COVID protocol. But at the same time, you know, at least it's COVID protocol for Jack Hughes and nothing serious. So maybe he could use the rest and he'll be um, re- rejoiced when he returns. But overall, look, I get it. It's been frustrating. It's been a tough road. But at the same time, let's not lose sight of of the contributions from these respective players. Because like I said, for P.K. Subban, we've been talking nonstop about him, whether or not he was going to get up out of here. We've been talking about how maybe could he be exposed in the expansion draft and would the Seattle Kraken take him despite his large contract. Uh, We've been just talking about after his first season how it was a disaster. But now... P.K. Subban is putting up some solid production. You know, it's not what he was able to do a few years ago. Back in 2015, it's not what he's been able to do when he won the Norris Trophy. But at the same time, it's something. So let's not lose sight of that. And do I think he'll be on the cover of a video game anytime soon? Probably not. But, you know, at least he's making his face known in other aspects in the media, like with ESPN. So, you know, and, and also Boquist and um, and also Sharon Govich, they're also picking up just a little bit. So I get it's been a drag. I get it's been a struggle. But let's not lose sight of the more important things. And I didn't even mention Heizer or McLeod, and they've also stepped up their games in, in more ways than one. So, you know, I get it that we're frustrated as Devils fans. I'm certainly frustrated as well. But, you know, let's not lose sight of what's important here and we got a lot of great contributions from a lot of great players like like jersey joe said a few months ago when he appeared on my show we have the ingredients we just need the right chefs to mix it together so do we have too many cooks in the kitchen i don't think so i just don't think we have that lead uh cook yet and we just need to find it so that way we can put our ingredients together and bake something good and win a michelin star that's my opinion so 
uh yeah I'm, I'm curious to hear your guys thoughts so let me know at locked on devils what do you think about the contributions from some players that we don't really expect it from and i bet i will be surprised to hear some of your answers oh speaking of bet i think it's time for the first live read this morning and it comes from our friends at bet online so football season might be over uh once sunday rolls around for super bowl but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs betonline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball betonline.net is your source for hockey boxing nascar and ufc odds right to the olympic coverage and information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action BetOnline, where the game starts please remember to gamble responsibly and also visit our friends at locked on bets for all your betting needs there as well and now the second library comes from our friends at built bar so this time of the year i pretty much have given up on my new year's resolutions but like i told you guys you don't need january you don't need the first of january to be a better person you could do it at any time during the course of the year but not this year i'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to built bar it's almost it feels like it's not really a resolution because i actually enjoy eating them have you ever tried the puffs if you haven't you're missing out one of the best tasting protein bars out there puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and they're covered in 100 real chocolate puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamon churro coconut marshmallow banana cream prize so good you're probably going to want to uh, go to built.com right now and order them because they are so good and they'll be your new favors uh, I, I i guarantee it so go to built.com scroll down to the macro chart you'll be blown away high protein low calories high fiber low carbs most protein bars contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein compare that to a candy bar which usually has around 240 calories 300 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs they have mint brownie coconut chocolate almond uh all these great flavors you're gonna love them and you're gonna indulge right into them and uh new for this month is white chocolate cookies and cream they are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time if they think a flavor might be good they'll make it and it will be delicious and it'll be good for you so the offer is go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 50 percent off your order again use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com Okay, so let's talk more about Jesper Brod. So here's the thing, guys. Uh, if you missed the last game, you saw that Jesper Brod barely played in the game. He only played like about 12 minutes in the game. And it kind of raised a question, and I even brought it up in the last episode. Was Jesper Brod dinged up? Or was he benched? Now, here's the thing. It was Jesper Brat's worst showing or one of his worst showings of the year. Alex Shavansi actually confirmed it. He put out the advanced analytics and he just said that Jesper Brat just wasn't there from a contribution standpoint. And he just looked a little off all game. I talked about his plus minus and I just said maybe that contributed to the reason why he was benched. But I just said it doesn't really make sense to bench your best player, especially considering the fact with the season that Jesper Brat has been having. And I said, if that's the case and Lindy Ruff really needs to reconsider how uh, he coaches uh, the New Jersey Devils because like I said I've been very patient with Lindy Ruff but I don't think benching your best player is the answer I talked about you know in other sports usually I don't like comparing uh, other sports to the sport of hockey but in this case I I think it makes sense I think it's universal like you don't bench LeBron James when he has a bad game you don't bench Tom Brady if he has a bad game you don't bench uh, Shohei Otani if he's in a slump at the plate you just let him figure it out but 
ultimately for um for for uh Jesper Brat, it was a bad showing. The New Jersey Devils did end up winning, so no one's really talking about it. But Matt Loglin, he does the play-by-play for the Devils on the radio feed. He said, I think he got dinged up, nothing too serious, but he only had a couple shifts in the third. So there's that. I, I don't think Jesper Brat was benched. I think he just got a little dinged up, and Lindy Ruff just elected to be better safe than sorry and just not play him, especially since the Devils were kind of in a groove in the final period of regulation because, like Loglin said, uh, uh, Brought only saw a couple shifts uh, late in the third period. So, it, it, like I said, I, I don't believe Lindy Ruff in his right state of mind would bench Jesper Brought for any circumstance despite him having a bad game. And it did put the narrative out out there saying, like, was he just benched because people barely saw him? Amanda Stein tweeted out saying that she barely saw him uh, out there and he, he wasn't on the bench. So it did raise the question, like, what the heck happened to uh, Jesper Brat? But like I told you guys, I believe that he just got a little dinged up. I even said it in my Locked On Now, and I was just waiting for an official update. But right now, uh, all I got is that he was just a little dinged up, and um, I, th- that's all I could say. But overall, still, I'm not trying to take anything away from the New Jersey Devils, but... At, at the same time, it's just like, I, I wish I would have more information on one of our star players because I would like to know his status for the next game. So that way I have a, a more clear image as to what to expect for on Sunday, despite the New Jersey Devils possibly losing the game. And just me being honest, but overall, I'm really excited to um, see Jesper brought back out there. I don't think there's uh, any drama happening. I don't think Lindy Ruff has completely lost his mind. Just, just uh, I, I think the overall mindset is just that uh, Jesper Brock got dinged up, better to be safe than sorry, and just elect not to play him uh, during the course of the game just because, you know, you don't want to, um, you don't want to nag that injury anymore because the mindset I had, guys, was that if Jesper Brock was injured, Lindy Ruff did the right move by just taking him out the game because we don't need another injury on this team. We don't need another setback. We've already lost Jack Hughes. We've already lost Dougie Hamilton, albeit Jack Hughes was due to COVID protocol, but still, you get the gif of it. And we, we've lost uh, Jack Hughes already to injury due to that shoulder uh, collapse that he had uh, back on Seattle uh, early on in the season. Then Mackenzie Blackwood is also dealing with an injury. So the Devils and injuries, we we don't need it right now. So I think Lindy Ruff made the smart uh, business decision. If, if Even if uh, Brat was dinged up just a little bit, could have just re-aggravated the injury. But my overall opinion, guys, is I don't think uh, Jesper Brat, and this is the final time I'll talk about it, uh, I, don't, I don't think he was benched. I just think that he just got a little dinged up. And hopefully that tweet from Matt Loughlin just uh, clears it up just a little bit for you guys. So, uh, yeah, that's my overall thought process on the Jesper Brat situation. I don't think he was benched. I don't think there's any ill intent from uh, Lindy Ruff, and I don't think there's any drama brewing. And I don't think he was that stupid to just bench him because he was having a bad game. Because if that was the case, he should bench a lot of other players if they're having bad games. But, you know, that's a discussion for another time. Okay, so I know it's a day early, but I guess since I'm not doing an episode tomorrow, I might as well just give my overall prediction for our next game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But I think some of you already know which direction I'm going to take it in. So when comparing our overall records, the Penguins are 29-11-8. The Devils are 17-26-5. Both teams are on a two-game win streak in their last 10 outings. The Penguins are 6-1-3. The Devils are 3-7. So here's the thing that the Devils could do to at least muster up a point. So try to send the game into OT. Keep it as close as you possibly can because I don't think they're going to put up a touchdown and field goal against the Pittsburgh Penguins, barring a complete 
utter catastrophic collapse from the Penguins. I am not expecting another seven goal outing, giving us 21 uh, goals in our last three outings. I, I just, I'm not expecting that from the Devils. I'm not even expecting them to muster up two or three goals, quite honestly, because I think the Penguins, they're not going to play like the Canadians, and they're certainly not going to play like the Blues. Um, and also the Devils, the, the key for them is you got to keep the second period in check. If you have a so-so first period, at least try to have a somewhat decent second period because that's where you collapse because I don't want this to happen again where, you know, we get off to a decent start in period number one, we collapse in period number two, and then we try to make a late game comeback late in period number three, and then it all uh, breaks through. We got very lucky in our last game, but that cannot keep happening. Like, you cannot be like a cat and just keep playing with your nine lives. So overall for the Devils, uh, like I said, not really expecting much from them. This is a veteran-led team. And if I if I recall correctly, I think Sidney Crosby is just one goal away from 500. So I am anticipating for Sidney Crosby to get his 500th career goal against the New Jersey Devils. Currently, he sits at 499. And if he's seen John Gillies, if he's seen that mediocre defense from the New Jersey Devils, he's like, oh man, that looks delicious. I'm going to take advantage of that. And I am going to get my 500th career goal. So I think Sidney Crosby is saving the big 500 for us, quite honestly. So if we could keep Sidney Crosby in check and prevent him from scoring his 500th career goal and we still lose the game I'll be somewhat angry but somewhat decent at the same time but remember we still gotta uh, play uh, the Penguins twice in our next three games so you know it's not like we'd be out of the woods if we prevent him from uh, doing it in one game we would have to do it in another game as well but overall it's just like keep an eye out for Cindy Crosby like I said uh, he's inching close to 500 career goals sitting at 499 so uh, even if you're not the biggest Cindy Crosby fan you do got to admit that is pretty impressive so keep an eye out for Cindy Crosby to get his 500th career goal uh, against the New Jersey Devils because I think that's what he's saving. Uh, Jari, uh, he's in the running for the Vezda Trophy, and I, I would anticipate that the Devils would once again start John Gilly. has been a couple days of rest, so if Lindy Ruff was able to start Mackenzie Blackwood for six or seven games in a row, I don't see why he wouldn't uh, uh, put John Gillies back out there, quite honestly. Like I said, since we have a, a very inconsistent uh, line of goaltenders, keep riding the wave with the next hot goalie, so don't, don't try to switch it up. Don't try to get cute. Don't try to get fancy. Stick with John John Gillies, his overall record, 3-6-1, goals against average, 3.24, and save percentage of 899. So definitely nothing impressive, but I will take that over Nico Dawes, and I will certainly take that over Akira Schmidt, because at this point, play musical chairs with Nico Dawes or Akira Schmidt. So overall, uh, when looking at power play percentage, the uh, Penguins are ranked 11th in the league at 21.8 successful power play numbers. Uh, the Devils are 24th at 17.1%. Penalty kill. Uh, here's the thing. The Penguins are second in the entire NHL for best penalty killing unit at 87.1%. But the Devils are inching closer. They're back in the top 10. I don't think a lot of people realize this, but the Devils are actually in the top 10 for uh, best penalty killing unit in the NHL at 83%. Face-off percentage, the Penguins rank 11th in the entire nation, 50.9%. The Devils are 26th in the nation, 47.6%. So uh, when looking at this overall game for the Devils, they're definitely underdogs because the Penguins are second in the Metropolitan Division. Devils are second from last. So uh, my, my thing is, is like I'm not really expecting too much from the Devils. So I'll give you I'll give you two predictions. I, I rarely do this. I usually try to stick with it, but uh based on how the Devils have been playing the last few games, I will say the best case scenario for the Devils is that they keep it a close game. They, they have somewhat of a decent offense. The Penguins maybe have an off night, and they send it to OT, and the Devils are able to get at least a point out of it. So there's my first prediction. But my main prediction, one I'm going with, I say the Devils lose this game 
four to two, quite honestly. That that's my overall prediction. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. Usually, I, I I I love it when I'm wrong when I predict the Devils' loss, but that's my overall opinion, just based on uh, what what's going to happen for the Devils, the overall narrative. Like I said, you know, they, they can't be scoring seven goals uh, every single game. It's just not going to happen. So I think the Devils they're going to be come back down to earth after going on a bit of a hot streak, getting 14 goals in their last two appearances. So that's my overall thought going into our next game tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So let me know what you guys think. Are you confident? And the Devils, do you think they're going to pull off the upset? Are we going to continue our hot streak? Would love to hear your guys' thoughts. So hit me up at TreyMath4 or uh, the, the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. I'm curious to hear your guys' reactions. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys. So thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And once again, I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.